Jun wanting to go deep. And he's got him! Jamison Williams eating up the yardage again. Here's a big hole. Look out, he is gone! Travion Henderson! And hand to Brees Hall. Brees Hall! Welcome back to Burning the Red Shirt. We're back with episode 18. Can you believe it? 18 episodes. I'm your host, Zach Tao. With me again is Chris Kay and Andrew Katz. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Dude, it's, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, things are things are good. Hectic day in the life of Andrew Katz. Lost my driver's license. Rocking my new <laughs> home field swag for the first time. Trying to fit in all of the work life and then real job of course being the podcast balance. all right so the first topic was going to be something else but now i need to know driver's license where did you lose it and it, like was it like story, in a bar you lost it or like no, it's, it's, it's okay. incredibly uninteresting um okay. yeah so we pay we pay of course thousands of dollars for uh uh monthly daycare for our uh for our eight our eight month old and yeah. the, the dude, they, they like to pretend they're like a, an actual school and like they, they had a half day today so that the not the, the the toddler portion of the school could have graduation and the teachers could go to that. So they had a half day. So I had to go run, run to this and grab uh, my my uh, my son at the at half day. And of course, the like blows up my whole day from a work perspective. So I bring the stroller like I, I, I'm just like, I'm going to I'm going to walk. It's like two miles away. I, I walk with the, with the stroller grab him and then walking home i'm listening to cff site podcast just loving life kind of and we stop into a park and i I throw him in the swing but like he's so tired because he hasn't even had like uh like they kid they killed the day right before nap time so i'm like all right i'll just throw him back in um and so and then i walk like the whole way home or whatever and get him down for a nap eventually and i'm like ripping through stuff in my pocket and i see my like it's I, I see my credit card and I, I already had put my keys and uh, I guess my other stuff somewhere else. I'm like, Oh, well my license could just be where I put everything else. So I'll just come, I'll just look for it later. Um, and then like he wakes up from a nap uh, and I go and look for my, my, all my stuff. Uh, Cause I, I got to figure out a way to entertain him for the rest of the day. And I, I, <laughs> I see my keys and I don't see my license. I'm like, mfr like all right i know exactly what happened here i lost it at some point on the way home because i like i I, uh i didn't even bring my wallet with me today i just grabbed my license and my credit card i was like i'm good to go so of course like i'm like while i'm walking around with him to get him home from daycare I'm, i'm taking my phone out of my pocket every five seconds to like to check when I'm on the clock and all the endless best balls to doing we're doing to change, to change CFS CFF site podcast from one conference to another. And of course, one of those times I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like one of those times, of course it was like the time when I was like being peak degenerate and I can't even like explain it away as like being a responsible dad as the reason for why I lost my license. It's like to do it. Like I, I, I'm like, hopefully it's like not some time when I was like crossing the street. So like, like I can at least feel a little bit validated then. Uh, but so I'm like retracing my, so he wakes up from his nap. I said, I realized I'm like, the license is gone. Fine. So I'm like, I retrace my, my steps. I walk all the way. Uh, I take, throw him in the stroller. Um, we just start going like uh, exact same steps, uh, like two mile progression in reverse. I'm looking every which way, like on the ground. And I can't even like, I, 
I was inside. I was so annoyed about this whole thing. I couldn't even like put on a podcast, listen to music. I, like I was annoyed that a this is what my afternoon had become. B thinking about what a pain this is probably going to be if I can't find my license. And C knowing that I'm now the person that is uh, like causing our drafts to probably stall out because like when I'm in this kind of mood, I'm not even like I just lock down and I I don't I I like. I, I want everyone to be as miserable as me. So like, I'm not even checking fan tracks and stuff like that. So go, I uh, go all the way back to the daycare looking for a license. Don't find the license, go all the way back. And I'm thinking to myself like, well, I know my license was in my right pocket. So I'm just going to focus on that side of the street or that side <laughs> of the way, walking the entire way back. And I, I checked that. This is like three hours round trip. Uh, no, that's not true. Like an hour and a half round trip. Uh, and like having just got over COVID uh, as well. Um, so I'm totally all good, like relatively speaking. Like I went for a run, had drinks last night. So I'm like, I'm, I'm checking all the boxes, but I still feel like nasally and I still have, like have a little bit of stuff going on. I still feel like sickly feelings at times. And like from being out in the heat, walking round trip on this uh, after running in the morning and just kind of generally living my life, uh, I get home with him and like put uh, with my son, not no license, put him on the, the ground. And I just, I, I'm like, I'm pretty thirsty. I slug some water and I just get hit with a huge hot flash. I'm like, that is not supposed to happen. Um, that is like <laughs> totally like some like post COVID whatever kind of deal. Like, um, but like, fortunately, like it was just like there and gone. And then I'm like, Oh, oh let's, ch- let, let's check Twitter. Let's figure out how many drafts I'm like holding up or whatever right now. So I, I see a couple messages, but fortunately, like the uh, someone someone else was uh, not not being attentive, and the drafts didn't even get back to me. So I, that made me feel a little better. And then I checked my notifications. <laughs> I tweeted at Josh before that, like trying to understand how much of his Big Ten podcast he spent talking about Johnny Langan, and he he confirmed as much that like he spent. It seems like he spent the appropriate amount of time. So I got to listen to that podcast soon. And then I'm ch- I'm checking my notifications, and I see like I assume it looked like such a bot. Uh, that tweet at me, I was like, oh, this is a bot. Um, but then I read it, it's like, uh, it's someone tweeted me and they say, hey, I found your driver's license uh, downtown at the park. Uh, DM me to come pick it up. I'm like, this, I can't believe this actually happened. I was thinking like, all right, what would that, how, what would happen if someone actually found my license? What would they do? And social media did, like, I'm such a boomer. Social media didn't even cross my mind as like something that was a realistic <laughs> Uh, thing I was like, oh, I, like on my way back, I, I was thinking about just like walking to uh, random stores and bars and stuff and be like, hey, did anyone find a license or anything? And I went with, I mean, I went through this exact same thing almost. Uh, like my my neighborhood is still burgeoning. It's uh, definitely rougher. And the, most of this journey was outside of my neighborhood. Like we went to, like uh, my son goes to school in Bougie uh, to to daycare like a bougie daycare downtown near uh like easy transportation to new york city like it makes a lot of sense for us like i drop them off like when i go to work just hop on the path um so it's like a where most of this journey took place downtown and where my license was found was downtown which is like a nicer more desirable area but when i two weeks ago when i lost my phone um that was in my neighborhood and me, me and my daughter were playing tennis and uh, I left my f- phone on my lap, I guess, got up uh, when a court freed up for us. And again, on the court, we start playing. Did I tell you the story? It doesn't matter. No one else has heard it, so I'll keep talking. Um, <laughs> and I realized at some point that my phone's gone. Look around the courts a little bit. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, 
if I, it's not like it's going to get up and walk away. If I, if it's there, it's there. If not, like I'll just finish playing with her and then we'll, I'll find her later. So we finished playing. We look around for a while. Uh, I actually had like, there's a guy there who actually calls my phone and it's, it's not ringing. Um, but I, I take him, uh, my daughter back home and my, my wife's like, my wife's like, why don't you just, why don't you see if it's like synced with your watch, um, or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, well, we're far away. Like that, that's like close range. And then I realized what she's actually saying. And she's like, and like, if you get close enough, it'll tell you basically the watch will sync up with them. I'm like, oh, that's so smart. So turn on the sink and go back to the tennis courts and it's not syncing up. And I go back home. And my wife's on the phone with someone and she's negotiating the extraction of my phone from a homeless person. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, yeah, we'll throw you a few bucks or whatever. And I'm like, I, I got to go get money out. Like, I'll just make this, make this happen. Your and phone was held ransom. Held, held for ransom. ransom. And nice. so I, and it takes a while to actually like align on the meeting spot with each other. Like I was on one block, he was on another. End up meeting up like, uh, and we both like understand our parts to play in the story where we're, we both, we both have to operate under the assumption that he is doing me a favor. Uh, so I walk up to him I'm like, yo, what's up to you? Uh, how are you? Thank you so much for finding my phone. Like, can I throw you any money to, to, to help you out? Uh, like I'm so appreciative. And he's like, Oh, you know, I'm just trying to do the right, right thing. It's all love, man. It's all love. I'm like, yeah, here's 20 bucks. Like, thank you so much, dude. And it's just funny, like total opposite ends of the spectrum here. Not, I mean, I could get held a hostage for my license, but it seems like the transaction is going, it's going very nicely. Like as soon as we're done here, I'm making moves. I'm going to go drive and go get it. But it seems like I won't drive need illegally. Cash beforehand. I think it's amazing that you've not only got somebody that found your license and contacted you, but your phone as well. Like you've gotten. Does, yeah, mean, what do you... does that speak more to me or to my environment? I think- well, I guarantee you, if I lost my phone here, th- I, there would be nobody <laughs> negotiating with me to give it back. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that thing, uh, in, the SIM card would be out of it and it would be at a pawn shop somewhere. How did, how, did you not have a passcode or do you have the most basic passcode of all time? How did they get in your phone to call no, your you wife? Can, or did your so wife Mar- call? Margaret was calling it a bunch of times, and you can answer the phone without uh, right. Without a lock yeah, in. you can just. I didn't know if yeah. okay, but I, I found it really. I was I was already thinking along the lines of I was like, all right, my passcode's way too easy. Anyone with a brain can actually cat can actually uh, crack this thing. So I was thinking, okay, what apps can you do? You need a password versus which do not? Which do what things do I need to do to like save my identity? And fortunately, didn't get to that point. What, uh, I mean, how easy is it? What is your passcode? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the You're pathetic thing it is anyway. it's not numbers. It's one of those drawing things. Oh, you have oh you're one of those yeah, people. Just an idiot. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm asking for my identity to be stolen, basically. <laughs> what I found really interesting was that, like, pre-lost everything, you're so chill and cool about it. You're like, ah, whatever, I'll get it. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. And well, then I'm post, wondering how freaking out. It's like so 180. It's amazing. I'm wondering how different he would be right now if he did not have to go pick up his license. Like if it had not been found. So <laughs> I I had made peace with it because Margaret lost her license uh, about a, a year or two ago. 
and just found it like in a an article of clothing that she hadn't worn since then. And it's like, oh, yeah. but it's pretty easy in Jersey. If you lose your license, you can just order one online, like, versus, yeah. which just doesn't it make takes... any sense because everything else with the DMV is like an impossible process, but right. that process is incredibly simple. Right. I did that with my, I lost my wallet on a golf course. So I lost like ID, credit card. I had to get a new everything. And I ordered a, uh, I had to order a driver's license, but it took like four weeks. So yeah, that was a huge pain, but uh, yeah. Well, interesting. Kind of a segue into what I want to talk about next about IDs being hacked or stolen. Um, our <laughs> dis our discord server was completely overrun by um, spam bots. If you were in it probably about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes ago, you experienced the, the mayhem. It went down. Luckily, I was sitting here waiting for it, or not waiting for it, but was prepared to ban all these accounts. It was like five or six accounts. So if you were a part of it, great. You enjoyed the show. If not, well, there's the story. Um, but I want to go ahead and get our to our actual first topic. Um, well, what was their what's their end game? What is the what are the bots end well, game? Were they I sending mean, links that they wanted us to click and then no, everybody? they were saying it was like these memes. I, I, you talk about being a boomer. Like, I guess I'm there now, too, because like the, the memes that were sending, like, I don't even understand what <laughs> uh, what what it's about. Like, did you get uh, screenshots? No, I, I did not. But there is a, a thread that was created in the in the burning the red shirt. Channel. Still there? Yeah. The channel or the thread is named. Hey, this MF got them fake J's. <laughs> <laughs> of course right so i'm like I, I left it there so if anybody wants to invite the it. invite the bots to the next uh well and it tells you who created ball. it the guy the bot that created it was pizza johnny guy so can you get him to follow our twitter account and get some bots on the twitter account for yeah. our Dude, invite them to the next best ball <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go ahead and just jump into our first time we're 13 minutes in all right um we want to talk about the uh, recent ACC schedule change, and I pulled it up just so I can make sure I um, read it back right. Wait, so, did this happen today? I, I was yes. I was I was off the grid, uh, yeah. um, as you this might have gathered. So, I don't know what are you talking about. So, in twenty twenty three, the ACC will adopt a three five five football scheduling model, and all fourteen schools will compete in one division. Teams will play three primary opponents annually plus face the other 10 teams twice during a four-year cycle. So basically, there's three rivalry games per team. Yep, locked in every year. Every year. And then the other, which I like. We'll get to this in a second. But um, the 10 um, – here's Jared put a comment. You don't have them fake Jays. No, I do not. I do not have the fake Jays. Um, but – I think it's a good idea because it keeps your traditional rivals and whatnot. And then you can cycle through the other games um, over a four. It is, it gets super stale, right? I think it like yeah. Shane in the comments says SEC is next and they really should do some sort of it mm -hmm. because I mean, if you think about it, like Georgia and Bama never play each other. Right. Once know, every is, like three or four years, right? you know, like it'd be nice to kind of mix things up a little bit. You know, SEC right. is going to have what 16 teams here shortly. So Mm -hmm. You know, like you're just not going to play some teams for like five years. So it's nice yeah. as an ACC fan, you know, because I'm a Virginia Tech fan. Like the thing that's a bummer is we won't play Miami, uh, Miami every year. And that's like kind of like a big East rivalry that's been fun. Mm -hmm. But like it's not a huge deal. You Who know, are they, your rivals now, Chris? I think it's Virginia. So it's it's Pitt, Virginia, and Wake. 
Yeah, Pitt is like I, I would consider Pitt a team that we have like some good. The Wake thing is super random. I you know I don't know if ACC teams have enough like yeah. true rivalries like yeah. SEC does, which makes it kind of tricky. And same with like Big Ten, but um, but yeah, it's a good move. I hopefully it other team you know other conferences adopted too, some form of it. So here's the best I can do. I'm gonna throw it up here. I don't know if anybody can really see it. Um, so each there's everybody's three rivalry. Yeah, they made it really simple with this graphic. So um, I think, like you said, Virginia Tech's got Pitt, Virginia, and Wake Forest. Clemson gets Florida State, Georgia Tech, and NC State. Which, I mean, I guess whatever, but that seems kind of like I wonder what went into like the the rivalry part of it. Because hey, I mean, well, the, the problem is right, like. It's this giant puzzle of well, if I give Clemson so and so, then can yeah. I give? Then it impacts the others, right? right? Like the one that looks perfect to me, I think they crushed Boston College, and I think they nailed Duke. Like NC State, yeah. UNC, and Wake seem extremely. But one of the guys just commented like, uh, Wake doesn't play NC State, but they play Georgia Tech. Like, yeah. I think the SEC, like I've thought stuff like through, like with SEC, like obviously, yeah, like Alabama's going to play Tennessee every year, Auburn every year, and probably I would say LSU. I think if they were to do this, um, but like, what do you do for LSU? Because now you've given them Alabama. Well, then you're going to give. They them, would need Ole Miss and Arkansas, or or is it Texas A and M? Like, who do you? There's a lot. I mean, I guess SEC yeah. would be really tricky, right? Or do, you, do you guys have opinions yeah. on what SEC should do? In I, terms I mean, of like, I I'm such a I don't know. I like I largely like the SEC divisions, but I mean, I understand and hmm. and relate with all the arguments against it. Uh, like being on the SEC East, it's nice and cushy at this point. It has been for a little bit. Uh, I I don't love the idea that like okay, you like Georgia going to Bama is like once every ten years or whatever. Like that's yeah, stupid and annoying. Like. It's you can make you can come so close to making it perfect with like three divisions, but not quite perfect, right? Because mm-hmm. you can chuck Missouri and A and M, Texas and Oklahoma in a division, but that's still short. It needs a little more. Divisions. So, well, if you're, if you're I, I want to keep all. I want to keep the SEC East and West before Missouri and A and M largely intact because I, I like. I don't know. As a Georgia fan, I I love playing all. And wrecking all the SEC East teams, (laughs) and um, I I don't know. I look I look forward to that part of schedule. I like knowing it's there. Uh, I'm I like that it's static more or less. But again, like I mean, it would suck being in the SEC West and having to go through that gauntlet every single year. Uh, But I mean, that's like it's kind of cyclical, right? Like the SEC West is really strong in the last what 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's say 10, 15 years from now is, is the East now kind of like Tennessee's coming up. I'm not saying they're great or anything, but they are getting better. Georgia's obviously good. Florida has the potential to be good really whenever. Um, Like, I, I just feel like it's easier to think backwards. Like think yeah. about like when Tennessee was legit, like in the early two yeah. thousands, then you had Florida winning some championships. I think South Carolina was very respectable. Yeah. You know, Kentucky and Vandy were, Kentucky and Vandy, but like if you have four really good teams with Georgia, you know, obviously Georgia in the mix, 
I mean, it just makes for great football. It'd be very interesting mm-hmm. to see what they do. People were talking about doing like quads, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It's just hard to do Mizzou, a conference championship. Mizzou, A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma do yeah. home and homes against each other, and that's their that's their conference schedule every year. <laughs> oh, well, that's a suggestion, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I, are we done with that topic? I think that's about all we can really hammer away on. Yeah, that. I mean, it's not that interesting. I mean, it's I different. It, it changes. It changes how they. Um, you know, it's no division, so I guess your best teams are going to be playing. The top two teams are going to be playing for the SEC or the ACC championship. So it's so funny to me how, like, okay, the NCAA changed that rule that allowed for all this, right? The mm-hmm. idea that you can get rid of divisions and still have a conference championship or something—it's something like something like that just happened, right? And mm-hmm. the the Pac-12 immediately announces like, within minutes that they're like changing it for 2022. <laughs> which is like it's so funny that they made this change now and after sports books are already taking so much action on like conference championship odds under the guys that the, that, yeah. that the rules were what they were and then the ncaa is just like f you we're changing this like oregon <laughs> you have zero chance like you have right. <laughs> anymore right that's that's true i never thought of it from the betting angle that's actually pretty interesting but I guess they've already taken your money, so they don't. I, I mean, I wasn't betting Oregon, so whatever. <laughs> I, was good, I was good with it. Easier path for Utah. You bet yeah. Bo Nix. I don't think I don't see that happening. No, right. I just drafted him on a best ball team, though. Right. All right. So um, throughout the week, actually a couple days ago, man, it may have been yesterday. Um, Chris tweeted out from the Burning the Red Shirt Twitter account about projections. He's going over projections, um, mapping guys out. So he has all these projections that he's never shared really with us. So these are kind of Chris's thing. Yeah, you and guys don't get the secret sauce. No, no. Don't, we don't even the get it. So, made. so Chris, is there anything in particular going over these projections that you really want to kind of talk well, about? I, it's always interesting and fun to do it. And I don't have, you know, like I do stuff on a per game basis with daily fantasy stuff. Um, so it is basically what I've done is create a per game analysis and then just, you just project it times 12. Before you keep going, we are on the clock in the dynasty, the BTR dynasty league. How do you know that? I've got it open. (laughs) What do you mean? How do I know that? The receiver at the top we talked about. (laughs) The one sitting there at the very top? Yeah. From Western Kentucky. Got it. Done. And all right, easy done. Okay, um, continue. So it's just interesting, you know. And it, it, largely, I like what it's produced. <laughs> Receivers and running backs feel very like, you know, common sense. There's some outliers and some guys that are kind of random in a sense, but quarterbacks are very, very interesting. And this is like an internal debate between the people that make them with me um, about how our projections hate slow white quarterbacks. Um, because like if they're not mobile they don't project so long story short i was going to tell you the top six producing quarterbacks top highest projected quarterbacks and you tell me how ridiculous and crazy they are so sam sam hartman is projected five point four and a half points higher than the the next quarterback which is brendan armstrong then tyler (laughs) shuck malik cunningham hendon hooker and anthony richardson (laughs) So right off the bat, you don't see any of the you know very high end quarterbacks. 
and this is just this is just on a like just what's the parameters for the projections just yeah are you do you adjust for uh coordinators change and system change? i have gone through and tried to like adjust like you know run usage and as a team and production and stuff like that like i've definitely adjusted virginia's they just like rated so highly last year that even if you project them lower like armstrong's usage is just so high um i mean what's so high um so Chuck, if he wins the gig and is like a capable quarterback, I mean, there's no reason for him not to be a top six quarterback. We're I mean, hoping, it, we're hoping it's Donovan Smith, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> if, if if Chuck was guaranteed the start all twelve games, I think that, that you can easily uh, make that argument without much difficulty. The so, name that I go ahead, Chuck. No, I was gonna say the name. I was gonna say Anthony Richardson, like. He's very like divisive. I feel like in these drafts that we do, like some people really, really like him, and some people like don't even want to touch him at all. So, well, it's just pure upside and raw ability, yeah. right? Like yeah. when you saw him play last year, he was insanely good, and then he had just absolutely got hurt, and then he had some bad moments. But like you saw, I think it was like the USF game. He played like half of it and had like thirty fantasy points or something crazy. Right. I was gonna tweet I was get I had the tweet crafted uh, about four times last night and just didn't hit send. Uh but I want to tweet at at Moxley and ask him, have you seen that uh that goose meme he sends like I'm just trying to start trouble now or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is it warranted of the goose meme if I uh if I say that uh if I draw try to draw draw a corollary of Billy Napier is uh, to Anthony Richardson is Kevin Sumlin to Khalil Tate. Like, can't you see that as a possibility? Like, if Billy Napier just tries to run his offense, you're just like that is going to be a, a similar outcome. I think. I didn't watch any of the spring game where everyone was kind of gloating over the usage of Richardson, um, but and maybe that, that gives us insight to the contrary, right? So, um, if we actually see that the offense is molded to Richardson's strengths, then obviously. Then you can send the goose meme right now because it's unwarranted. <laughs> what I really wanted was earn the goose. I, I thought I like, saw that. I thought I saw that meme in the Discord about an hour ago. I mean, probably in the bot, in the bot raid. That, that's everything I send in the Discord is basically trying to earn the goose. <laughs> I think with Richardson and just like new coaches, like I just if you're a good coach, you adapt and you like you want to do what you want to do, but you're not an idiot. Like you're not making Anthony Richardson, like a statue quarterback. Right. Like I, like it feels like Napier's a, a smart coach. So a smart coach, it's not like he's only coached for five years, right? Like he has other, I'm sure he has other tricks up his sleeve in a sense. You'd be crazy to go have Anthony Richardson as your quarterback and play him like he's Levi Lewis. I was about to say, he's like another Levi Lewis. I agree that Napier's smart, but, I'm don't feel I don't I'm not comp- positive how much of his strengths lie with program building versus on field coaching and decision making. Like the guy's an amazing program builder, I think. And as it's so funny reading the stuff about how Florida fans are ready to to kill him and uh, just him off already. Like good for <laughs> them. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't like program building. Presumably. He's at, and the things that he does off the field and in preparation for game day gives, I assume, gives him such an edge in the Sun Belt uh, relative to his competition that 
what he does on game day almost doesn't matter. Uh, so I don't know if we have, a, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if we have a great feel for what, how he is uh, uh, in the moment on college football Saturdays in what we can expect in the SEC in that capacity where it absolutely will make the difference. Uh, um, but it should re- obviously reveal itself quickly enough. All right. So now you, we've talked quarterbacks, running backs, Chris. You want to talk about your top five you project out? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. Um, this, these up. feel pretty good. I mean, there's a touch of Andrew Katz in here with Charbonnet at six, but it's Travion, Lou Nichols, Rasheen Ali, Jameer Gibbs, and then Bijan. Why are you so high on, on Travion? No one wants to be that high on Travion. No one it's wants to just, say that. It's usage, man. I just they're going to pass do... so much though. They're going to they're all, all <laughs> Ohio State just throws all the time now. Andrew trying to talk him down. I just you know <laughs> I I was happy to see it because we we as a collective group have like landed on him a ton. I feel like separately. Yeah, and then... I draft him every single opportunity I get, whether it's you got him today anywhere in the first round. Like yeah. if he falls to me, it's auto auto click. I don't think there's any real shock with those five. I mean, that's pretty standard. Like in all all of the drafts that I've seen, like those five guys are going first round. Um, where I as the quarterbacks, they're kind of all over the place with those five. They're all relatively high, but they're not going. Um, you said Travion Charbonnet, no Dijon. Who else? Travion Nichols, Ali Gibbs, Bijan. True. Yeah, the usage is just so much there for those guys, and that the projections will always lean towards it. You know, Ohio State with Travion, I think, is high usage plus insane scoring, and yeah. you know, it's just hard to. I mean, it's, it's like simple basics of, yeah. of fantasy college football, right? But like, you know, I think you worry about like the seven carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns as like a bad game. When mm-hmm. you see him, he could have gone for like triple that if it was a close game. That's so, like what I think is a concern. I pulled up. We had a comment that says no deuce. I look. I'm looking at what you sent me. He's number seven, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's seven. So. I mean, basically the top, I'm looking at it, probably eight are pretty much the top eight you see go in a uh, – Is Braylon top eight as well? Top, top eight, like, so yeah, I don't he's know if you do this in any of the drafts we do, but the chasm between running back eight and then running back nine is so insane. Like, I, I – mm. it's you can, you can make an argument it's multiple rounds and – I don't know the best way to articulate it, but there's like the drop off is so significant that if you can, like the, the earlier on in draft season, uh, and I say earlier on for draft season for those of us who have been drafting since March, I guess, like it was possible to get two of those eight. Now you really need to be a little fortunate, I think, uh, because run, those top eight running backs are just getting pushed up, rightly, rightfully so. Uh, like who who is running back nine for you, Chris? Looks cool. Uh, yeah, Corm. It's kind of for. So think about how ridiculous that is. A, a timeshare running back losing his offensive coordinator on a team that's going to regress in every single capacity is your uh, running back nine, and running back eight is one of those absolute eight studs that you really have to nitpick to find anything wrong with. Yeah. Well, and he only projects point one better than Corm. Running backs. I'm trying to. We started a best ball draft today, and I'm doing my absolute best to try to stick to like. The projections 
Ian. That's mm-hmm. why, like, I took Hartman in the third and Reed in the fourth. Like, I'm trying to find the closest mix of ADP plus my projections. What I yeah. found is running back is just insanely deep. Like, my probably, like, running back 13 is Christopher Brooks. Like, the next guy is McWilliams. You see, like, a bunch of guys in here that you can get in, like, the fifth to ninth rounds that project very, very well. And then you go to receiver, and, you know, like, the RB25 is, like, basically the receiver 10. It's, it's so funny. backs project so I, well this year. I feel like there's a lot of agreement uh, with you. Like, uh, I feel – I feel I think I feel the opposite large. Like, I – feel so not confident in the in almost all run backs after the the top top eight. Three, four or five rounds like <laughs> I, I there's a few guys i like and i feel like i keep getting them in like that the rounds 6 to 15 range like but most of them i most of the run backs that go in that range i'm just not super interested in or find like it's easy to nitpick and find problems with uh, whereas like you, there's receivers for days that i love in that range so I, I don't know. I always find myself going running back early and then grabbing receivers uh, later on. So I feel like I'm the opposite right now. Like I was itching to make sure that I got Reed in the fourth because I just did not like a ton of the options afterwards. Yeah. But that's just kind of what makes it go. Real yep. quickly, the top five receivers are Miles mm-hmm. Price, JSN, Josh Downs, Nathaniel Dell, and then Xavier Worthy. Those are the top five there. Malachi Corley is in the top 10. Jaden Reed's in the top 10. Um, otherwise, you know, Corey Crooms, who is a guy that uh, Jared and I think it was Moxley were talking about on Monday. And their yeah. uh, Chase Natty rates really, really well, too. So that Western Michigan's interesting, though. Like, it truly depends on what kind of quarterback play we get. Yeah. Like, do they just tend to run way more because he's garbage? Is he an adequate passer? You know, is he bad and just literally only throws to Crooms? Like, we have no idea. So Do you have that. Perry and Green adjacent? Uh, A.T. Perry is seven. And who is the other one? Donovan Green. Donovan Green. <laughs> no, uh, let's see here. Donovan, good luck. I don't even – I'd have to control F him. Well, guys, just throw these projections out. These don't matter. Donovan Green should be up there. That should have yeah. been the answer. Yeah. No. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it going like, I don't have it all organized out. Probably like I got hit at 14.3 points, five catches and 62 yards. Okay. So question. So where does Bowers rank amongst, like if you put him with receivers, where would he rank? He would be like first tight end, right? Yeah. He's the first tight end, like number 18 or 19. That's it. You know, tight end was interesting because Mitchell Trigg, based on last year's usage, does not like project super well. But I bumped him up a good bit because I figure he's essentially going to be like their second target at worst. And so I gave him a higher usage and it kicked him to number six. But I mean, it's your typicals, right? It's Bowers, then Mayer, then Koontz, then Urasek, then. Brent Keith and then Trigg, but Trigg's at 11 points compared to Bowers 18. So question, where's Brew McCoy and all of this? Mm. Oh, you know what? I didn't even, I just <laughs> didn't even, I didn't even uh, stain it or ruin the projection. I mean, look, I was just curious if, if your unbiased 
Four um, catches for 58 yards. So I'm pretty ooh, unbiased. Let's go. Green hit green territory. Here we green go. territory, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So we're done with the projections. So we want to do our win totals series. And this is the first one we've done with Andrew in a while. Like Chris and I have done a couple, um, I think, without him. So we want to talk about three teams. Actually, can we do four? Uh, depends on time. Okay. We'll start with uh, – let's see. Who do I have? From the Discord, we have – hold on. <laughs> mine, is go, mine is going to be a long-winded conversation, yeah. so you so, want that to, be, to go right. early? Or, James or Madison. Or Sorry, I had an interruption. We'll do yours. We'll do yours. James Madison from the Discord was the first one that responded in the Discord. James Madison. It's going to be kind of tough because we don't really have a ton of – um, I, I haven't watched much of James Madison. I don't know if you guys have either, but their schedule is very favorable. Oh, have you counted how many games they play? Isn't it like ten or something like that? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. The double so, bye week with the with no week zero. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do you think they add a game? Like, why wouldn't they? What was the reasoning for eleven? I don't know. They think they're cool. I. Could they just not find another random if, school? Dude, you got it. Like, they've got to be able to find someone that they really want to. I mean, yeah. there was nothing better than Army, like, uh, pimping themselves out. I was trying to find the, the PG way to say that. Uh, pimping themselves out, like, every week. Like, I'll play you guys. I'll play, you know, hey, you canceled. I'll play you tomorrow. Like, they legit yeah. were like, we don't care. We'll play anybody tomorrow. Yeah. Which So, so they got to be able to add another game if they really want to. Yeah, maybe interest season they'll do. All right, so we'll go ahead and start. They open up Middle Tennessee, which I think they win that game. Yeah, why not? They're going to be jacked up first FBS yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I already know their Vegas win total because I was listening to the Mox Loop that Jason Natty. Like, they're going to win some games. Right. Sure. So you got Middle Tennessee win. Norfolk State will give them a win. Yep. Off week. At App State, I think they lose. In Boone, that's an L. Yeah, that's yeah, an L. I, yeah. Texas State win. I think the win at Arkansas State. I think they could win that one. It's a win. Yep. And then at Georgia Southern. We'll give them a win. Win. Okay. Marshall for homecoming. Mm, good game. So I think we give them the loss. I don't know, man. Henry Columbia? Uh, dude, that I was gonna say the same thing. Like I was I was gonna go down that path when you when you brought up Ali in your top five. Like I haven't been able to take him yet just because I can like find myself leaning into what other other first round option is there uh, because they don't have the Henry Columby factor uh, playing into their, uh, into their uh, reality. Um, but yeah, that's tough. I mean, dude, but at the same time, Todd Santeo, like let's not pretend that this dude <laughs> hasn't sucked every opportunity he's gotten. <laughs> Like just I'm because giving, he's I a stable a winning situation doesn't mean that he's suddenly going to be good here. That's probably yeah. a good conversation for another day. Yeah. So say, are we? Say, what yeah. do we? What are we picking here? What I think we can go lost. lost. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So then they get off again at Louisville. It's gonna be a loss. Yeah. At Old Dominion. I could see a loss. Yeah. Let's give yeah. Old Dominion the win for for justice. Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Georgia State. I think uh, I'll give them the win. 
Georgia State, have we done them yet for a win-loss? I don't think so. Mm-mm. They have a high win-loss, uh, and their schedule is ridiculous. Like, it, the under got has already gotten hit pretty, pretty, uh, pretty heavily. But I think Georgia State's win-loss is like seven and a half, and they play like just an absurd schedule. Uh, but so they're projected to be pretty strong, I think. Uh, so we're going to loss. I would, um, yeah, let's give it an L. Okay. Yeah, I would lean the loss as well, and then, and then coastal they lose too. Coastal. So that means that they have one, two, three, four, five. And they and lose they, out. And they lose. They lose out. We're going five. What's the total? It's like six and a half. I thought it was higher, but I don't know. Might be seven, but. All right. Yeah. Well, if they add a game, maybe they add a game and they get six. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll probably be an FCS team, and they already have one on their well, schedule. Uh-oh. I was gonna say I don't know if they can. Yeah, they aren't beating ODU. <laughs> yeah, we we got it. We got you. I mean, so. James Madison beat Virginia Tech when I was at school there, and Virginia Tech lost to ODU like two years ago. So anything yeah. can happen okay. with those random Virginia schools. <laughs> so. The next one I wanted to do from the Discord was actually one on James Madison's schedule. Marshall. So they open up with the same FCS team that James Madison did, Norfolk State. So I have I have grabbed Marshall's D a couple times, largely because they play two FCS teams. And I was like, how badly can you screw this up? Uh, which is like <laughs> such a, a Zoom in way of, I never want to actually do the research when it comes to picking defenses. So if I can lock into anything that makes that kind of points me in a direction of, okay, I'm probably not drafting a defense that is too terrible. Uh, I'll do that. And I mean, the, there's so many, there, there's enough soft landing spots on the schedule where I feel like the Marshall defense in aggregate will score reasonably high uh, in like a best ball format, right? Where you're all you, not necessarily all, but uh, that's what you kind of care about, I think, from a defensive perspective more than anything else. I mean, for me, I keep it really simple. Just don't pick two of them with the same bye week. Like, that's, like, the extent of my research. Yeah. yeah. In our in our dynasty, we took Houston and Utah. And they're talking about defenses. Like, I think one is a bye in week seven and the other one is a bye week eight. And their matchups and reverse weeks aren't that great. It just is a matter of like, you know, so much crazy stuff can happen. You know, like all it takes is a couple of sacks and a touch, like a return touchdown or something. And yeah, like it's a, a great play. Stick. Yeah. Yeah. The schedule, it's a, so funny looking at it. Like after, before and after the bye week is two different worlds. <laughs> so, all right. So let's go ahead and talk about before the bye week. Norfolk State will give them the win at Notre Dame loss. Yeah. At Bowling Green, win. Yeah. At Troy, win. I, I initially excluded Troy from uh, like my initial analysis I was doing and told myself as a result I was not going to draft any Troy players. The more I read about them, though, they, they sound more interesting than I expected. Like they're bringing over uh, their OC is the OC that was uh, at SMU when, when Chad Morris was there. I, I don't know if you remember that. Like it was – it was the, the Ben Hicks, Trey Quinn, and Prochet show, and just throwing it all like all over the field to those two, even though Hicks sucked. Like that offense and those two were able to support him. So, like, that kind of those good vibes had me feeling a little better about Troy. I still haven't drafted much. And 
I mean, right. they have. I feel like they have decent ways to go to really get respectable. And Columby, I mean, I don't hope. Presumably, he can't mess this one up too badly. I think it's fair to give Marshall the win. Right. So we have win against Troy, and then win against Gardner Webb. Yeah. Yep. Um, then they have the bye week. And like you said, after the bye week, it's a completely different world. They yeah. they come back with Louisiana at James Madison, Coastal, at Old Dominion, App State, at Georgia Southern. So we'll start Louisiana, loss. Yep. At James Madison. Who did we just pick? We, we picked him to lose to Marshall, right? <laughs> yeah. We have Marshall winning. It feels yeah. so much worse when you look at it from this side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it says at. Yeah. <laughs> it says at James Madison. Right. Um, I still, yeah, we give him the win there. And then Coastal. Loss at Old Dominion. What are we thinking? I think I would lean Marshall. They got the wild card, which is elite. Yeah, I'll get. I'll lean Marshall. Okay, we'll go Marshall. Um, and then App State loss, and then Georgia Southern win. There's another game there. And Georgia State. Mm. Sorry, sorry. Is that? Do they, do they not play Western Kentucky this year? I thought. Oh yeah, they're in the Sun Belt now. In the Sun Belt, yeah. Western Kentucky and Marshall. So do you follow? Do you follow any Marshall Western Kentucky Twitter? Like that is a fearsome rivalry. <laughs> it has a cool name too. Um, it has the the name has something to do with. Oh, it, I don't know if this this Twitter account just co opted this or if it's actually called Moonshine Throwdown. Uh, I think, but I always call it that because like there's a Twitter account dedicated to that rivalry too. Yeah. Marshall and Western Kentucky, and they refer to that rivalry as the Moonshine Throwdown. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sa- I'm sad that uh, it doesn't seem to be very existent this year. Um, so, I expected that game to be the last game of the season, and I mean, it doesn't look very much. It doesn't look like things yeah. are any easier ending with Georgia State. Um, but I th- we can talk ourselves into so ending. I think with two wins against those Georgia schools. Okay, so we go one, two. Three, four, mm-hmm. then five, six, yep, seven, eight. So L's against Appy, uh, Louisiana, Notre Dame, and Coastal. Yeah. yeah, it feels like we're off on these swords. Yeah, I think we're gonna get them all wrong. Like we're giving <laughs> them, uh, we're giving them wins against really good teams at home. I think just with the tiebreaker, just being because they're at home. Yeah. Um, the old Dominion. I mean, it's tough to feel too too confident about that. Overall, like the, the direction of Old Dominion feels good uh, for me, even if there's still some imperfection there. Uh, and like that, so true like, games that we truly feel confident about, though. Like I feel confident about the George Southern, the two FB, FCS, the two, uh, and um, feel confident about Troy, and I feel confident about Bowling Green. But that's five and. If you were doing the Nicholas Ian Allen thing and assigning percentage chances of winning to each game, like how high could you really get on those other games that we gave? No, I was gonna say it's probably close to 50-50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I, one more from the Discord. Are you? When do we get to do my team? Oh, after <laughs> after this. That's why I said we'll do four. Illinois is three. your team. Is it? <laughs> no. I mean, I root for them. It, in some capacity when they had the, the red, the rich rod disciple, Rod Smith as their OC. Uh, Was this the team you wanted? Is this the team you wanted to do or no? 
What what is this? Illinois. No, Jar- Jared asked for this and pretended that like that Chris wanted it as well, right? Okay, well no. we're doing this, so we're already here. <laughs> we got to cover all these teams at some point, so um, we'll just go ahead and run through it, then we can jump to your team. Fair. Okay. All right. Open up with Wyoming. I'll give them a win there. Wyoming. Yeah, I- Wyoming has left. Um, win. I say at Indiana. I'm gonna say loss. Yeah, I would agree with that. How do you how do you generally feel about Illinois coming into this year? Bad. (laughs) I like Chase Brown, but it's like, how do you how do you have a good season when you're gonna get just pummeled? I mean, they're they're gonna be try try to be like Wisconsin light, right? Like they're just gonna try to run. Yeah, presumably they're still trying to play that game. Like they brought in Tommy DeVito to do what? To one to to add one element to the offense, getting sacked a lot. Uh, go backwards. Yeah. Maybe they put him and Isaiah in the backfield at the same time and let them do cool things. Uh, The offense has to be get it to Isaiah and Chase Brown as often as possible. They return like a lot of offensive players too. Like their receivers are like all back. Like I think Hightower and then the um, Isaiah, right? Didn't he lead the team? Yeah, Isaiah was like. Okay, so we got him win, loss, Virginia, loss. We can give them a loss, yeah. Loss. Yeah, definitely a loss. And, and they're off, and they get Chattanooga. We'll give them a win there. Mm-hmm. At Wisconsin, loss. That's gonna be that's gonna be real ugly. Iowa, ugly. loss. Minnesota for homecoming, loss. Yep, I would say. Come off another bye week, then they get at Nebraska. I think that's. I'm gonna lean Nebraska. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out a pretty awesome stat that like Nebraska outrushed, outpassed, and outscored the other opponents last year, and they ended three and nine. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, loss, loss to Nebraska. Michigan State, loss, loss. Purdue, loss. loss. Michigan, loss. Northwestern, I'll give them the win against Northwestern. So this is the opposite of Marshall. It feels so straightforward. Um, yeah. I feel like it doesn't play out that way in practice, right? The, like last year, Illinois had I – I don't have a better term than random. Like randomly well-played games that, act, that resulted in wins over teams that were probably definitively better than them. Like I could see them beating Nebraska. Like I won't be shocked if that happens. Um, but, I'll, I'll say they take down Michigan State. You think so? I, I, I don't like Michigan State. <laughs> you don't like any of the Michigan schools. <laughs> I think okay. we landed at three with right, Wyoming, so got, Chattanooga, and Northwestern. Wyoming, Chat, and oof. this does feel pretty straightforward. Three. What's their Vegas win total? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at them now. I, I assume it's higher than that. Um, Probably four and a half or something like that. Yeah. All right, so I'll just go ahead. What's the team you want to load up for the last? So one you, were you in? Were you, were you navigating your way through the CFF site Discord at all today? I heard. I think I know where you're going. Oh, the you do. West. So, I, so I can't. What, what was that? The Mountain West, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would have totally gotten me. By the way, you would have totally gotten me. I would have if Mike didn't ruin it. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk Air Force. Because <laughs> <All right. laughs> my plan for this initially was to have you guys run all through it, and under the guise that things are normal, everything's cool, and you can expect their team to be uh, what it is, and then. Uh, after you predicted it 
what was going to go on there. I was going to spring trap on you and tell you. Apparently, Hazik Daniels is out for like a month or two, and so is Brad Roberts, their QB1. <laughs> Which, like, have you read this athletic article? No. I so read the little it's part of their state of the program uh, articles, which are, I don't even want to say hit or miss because they're generally just misses in terms of adding value. Uh, but this one was, I, I hesitate to say awesome because it feels so dis, dis, directionally misleading intentionally. Like you read it and it's like, this coach is just spewing bullshit. Like Troy Kellen is just lying his face off in some capacity. It's just unclear what capacity he's lying in uh, about. Uh, in terms of like he's he's talking about how oh gosh darn we are in such rough shape on the injury front like we just need to get healthy in October going into November and we've got a chance uh it's like dude first of all I, I have I have tons of questions about this like so Daniels and Roberts both have knee injuries that are yeah and they they sat out spring ball and they're I forget which one I think Roberts is they ho- they're hoping to get him going in October and I think Daniels, the month they mentioned is November. Mm. What happened to these dudes' knees that it was cool for them to play in the bowl game on December 28th <laughs> to give Roberts 20 carries and finish the game and for Daniels to take the final knee at the end? Did, did Daniels hurt himself kneeing against Louisville? Like, I I don't know. What is so, <laughs> very off here? And what injury other than a torn ACL on both fronts possibly nets this outcome where they're out for nine to 10 months coming out of surgery? Like there's a a huge variable missing from this equation. Um, But so I read this article, I read it uh, like uh, Van Vanini, the Michigan state guy who covers Mm. the G five for athletic. He wrote it. He tweeted out Saturday morning. I missed Saturday morning uh, or Sunday morning. He retweets it Sunday night. And I'm, I had just self-excluded myself from sports because I was hem- hemorrhaging money, uh, just betting baseball. And I was like, I'm cutting myself off. Uh, and then I see this article and I'm like, I got to hit the Air Force under. So I opened up a new account on a different sports book and, and, and hit the under. And then I'm thinking about it more. I'm like, this can't be that easy. Like I must have screwed something. I'm thinking about it more. I'm like, first of all, this is the coach that I lit so much money on fire on his word about Timothy Jackson and Timothy McVeigh never playing games, but not playing games. Like this guy has misled us every step of the way. How is this going to work out for me this time? Uh, and then also like this is this school. If there's one school that could be missing their QB one and RB one and still be functional, it's air force. Like they go four or five deep at quarterback. All these guys need to be able to do is just run and execute the plays and the running back position. Like we saw it's, you can't even use the UNLV game as an example of like an actual contest last year, but I don't know if you remember this game. It's the, the pristine box score where they didn't attempt to pass. Daniels didn't play. Warren Bryan, the backup who's no longer there, played about three-eighths of the game, and then they brought in the third-string quarterback. No passes were attempted on the Air Force side the entire game. They ran about – they went like three, four deep on tailback front. I don't, th- I don't know if they were actually stopped at all the entire game. I don't know if UNLV got stopped. But you look at the box score, no passes attempted, just like 600 yards of offense on the ground. But <laughs> And it's UNLV, and it's it's just remarkable that Arroyo got another year there, uh, given some of the, the effort that was given by that team, which I think just tells so much. But even – so the fact that they were effective to that capacity without QB1 and with very little from their RB1 in that game, I think all – like 
it's not representative of how they'll be without those guys across the entire season, but it tell it, it, I think directionally tells you the story of this team doesn't necessarily need their top level, their number one tailback, number one fullback, and their number one QB to be effective to win games. Um, so I, I worried about that after I laid down too much money uh, after self excluding myself uh, <laughs> on, the, on the Air Force under. Um, the only so, thing I would say, like to that extent, that made me feel a little more confident. I was like, who? Like one of the best things about Daniels is that dude. Like when there's opportunities to throw the ball, he can unleash a deep ball. And I don't know if that's there with these other quarterbacks that are like that are potentially going to take snaps in his in his absence. So I'm, I'm sure their backup quarterback is just awful. But yeah, look at the box score. Sixty-nine carries, sixty-nine carries for five hundred eleven yards and six touchdowns, zero passes. <laughs> the week at, before, at some point, at some point in the game, you know they made a point of not attempting a pass. The week before, they had eighty-three carries for 481 yards and five touchdowns against Nevada. And they passed for, in that game, they were one for five in that game. So they had like 152 carries in those two games and five <laughs> passes attempted. They had multiple running backs have like really good seasons. Though, yeah. I felt like. Yeah. So, I mean, the quarterback thing is, is uh is impactful but the roberts thing is not all that i mean he's just the b-back right he just is like the fullback yeah right right right. i mean like you could just like isn't the army fullback like 260 pounds like <laughs> you know like you can yeah. just kind of get away with anything yeah right? yeah i agree i, I like roberts i think he, he's good yeah. but in hindsight what impact does that really have okay so let's run through the schedule this is our last one yeah um i open up with northern iowa we'll give him that one Win. I mean, Northern Iowa's. I'm not giving them the win, but Northern Iowa is very respectable for sure. Yeah, I yeah. was trying oh, yeah. to talk myself into Air Force losing that game as well. All right, then they go Colorado. I, Colorado's bad, man. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm trying to think like, but we we've already projected Air Force not being at full strength. Colorado's bad though. They man. are bad, bad. So we're gonna give them a win. I think so. By the way, it's one of my buddies shared with me a, a tweet that was like Bavada or Bet something has uh, Colorado's third string quarterback at 100 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So win, win, win. Then at Wyoming. Win. Win. If Illinois, that's, we said Illinois could beat them, right? Right. Yep. At yeah. Wyoming. The Air Force can definitely. And they're not, and they're not playing Wyoming. They're not playing Wyoming like November, like where it's snowstorm so I, that's the time to play wyoming at wyoming in september um then they go nevada would be win. Win. win so we're saying they're four and zero ever seen this money again okay so then navy win i don't think navy's that great yeah it's probably one win the thing i will say is outside of maybe nevada I, I could see scenarios where they like they lose any of these games if the, yeah. like, if the impact of Daniels not being there is representative if these other fullbacks are not as good as Roberts uh, they they also lost their defensive coordinator uh, from last year they I mean lost their top wide receiver like they, I think that's a, there's 
I don't think that the most likely scenario is they start five and zero. I just don't feel confident picking them to lose any of those one games. They are one quarterback injury away from having to do like the Southern Miss thing last year. You know, like <laughs> you're literally one. I mean, and if there's ever a team that's going to have a guy get hurt, it's like a it's an option offense, right? Assuming so like, Daniels doesn't start, their um their quarterback, their starting quarterback is get, uh, he's like a NCAA sprinter champion. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you're one quarterback injury away. Yeah, from, I mean, that being said, like, you, know that di- you know that dude is a twig. Like, if he once he takes a couple of hits, he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So five and oh, or five and oh, right? Yeah. Five and oh to start. Then they get at Utah State. I think That's we have a little oh, oh, give that. Long. Let's mark that out. <laughs> <laughs> and UNLV back. back to the wins. Uh, then so Boise here's the problem, right? We know how Boise does against uh, exactly. Right, like I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh yeah, that's a that's a loss. Like, we'll somehow. It's been a little better recently, now. No, nah, yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I can look at is like Avalos is a defensive coach. How can you like anything about the staff presently? It seems like I, a disaster. I, I, did I say I did? <laughs> <laughs> Avalos is like, oh, he's like the Boise guy. We're gonna bring him in. He and, sucks. Like, just take whatever. Carson back. I would take him in a heartbeat. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I would take him back in a heartbeat. Um, and by then, they're probably going to have one of those guys back, right? In theory, um, yeah, Daniels yeah, yeah. or that, yeah, Roberts. Right. I still think you have to say it's a loss, though. I'm fine with a loss. Yeah. Then they're off. Then they get Army in Arlington, Texas. I don't have any idea where to go with that one. Yeah, it should be close. I think Army's better than Navy. It's an 11:30 Eastern game, so that means they're going to be playing at 10:30. That game was wild last year. I went to like double OT or some shit. I'm going to say loss. I think yeah. Army's going to catch them. Um, the New Mexico win. win. Oh yeah, win, and then Colorado State loss. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> then at San Diego State loss. Yeah. So what? How many losses you got there? So that's one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I mean seven and five. I mean, I I would love nothing more, but you make it sound so easy. What's the number <laughs> that you put on? It's eight and a half. Yeah. Totals eight and a half, which so sounded that, great. I was like, "Oh, under." And then I started looking at the schedule. I'm like, "This shit is five and zero to start." I'm fucked. Dude, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have no idea with triple option teams. Like, right. after your monologue to start this conversation, I was like, I legitimately have no idea what to think right now. So <laughs> anything could happen. Yeah, it's a, it was a. I was there's no way you can craft an argument that putting my money on this was plus EV. It's just. I'm just I threw my money up in the air and it will go wherever it goes. Right. Well, we did an extra fourth team tonight, so knocked yeah. another one out. So I'm gonna go get it. my wallet. All right, now Andrew's gonna get his wallet. Or my so. my ID, not my ID, not my wallet. Oh yeah, his ID. So um let him go do that. Bring and, it, bring uh, a twenty dollar bill just if you guys it. haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do join the Discord, please do. Uh, follow the Twitter account at BTR underscore pod. Um, that's all I got. So next time, see you guys later. later.